Welcome to Our Law, Our Take, a podcast brought to you by the Arkansas Trial Lawyers Association, where we break down issues from the courts to the General Assembly that matter to you, whether you realize it or not. I'm Katie Clifford. And I'm Stephanie Malone. Let's get started. On today's episode, we sit down with Joseph Gates of the Gates Law Firm in Little Rock, We asked Joseph to join us to talk about how trial attorneys get paid and the finances of being a trial attorney. He just recently opened his own firm, so he's got a really balanced perspective on this issue, and I think you'll find what he has to say very interesting. All right, this morning on Our Law, Our Take, we are interviewing Joseph Gates at the Gates Law Firm. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. For sure. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. And if you'll just give us a little bit of your background and tell us how you got involved with Atla and just give us you know, your personal your personal info. My personal story with Atla. Oh, my. Uh, so we may run out of time. So um, I've been practicing law since 2010. My first uh, law job, the first job as an attorney, uh, went to work for Taylor King in Arkadelphia, which is where I met my wife. And so uh, it's all Taylor's fault. Um, but uh, he, he did a great thing where he would sponsor all the attorneys in his office. So he would pay for dues and he would pay for convention. And before, I mean, Atla had a presence in, in Fayetteville where I went to law school, but I didn't really know anything about it. And so going to my first convention, it was actually the first time in Little Rock. Little did I know how controversial that was, but uh, that was my first convention and I've just been plugged in ever since. Um, Seems like through that, I got really involved in the CLE. I personally bought the season ticket, like my second year of practicing law. And I went to like all the CLEs and uh, that's how I met Paul Bird is who I went to work for next. And that was just a, a baptism by fire into all things Atla. I think he is Mr. Atla. But uh, and since then, you know, I've been on the board, uh, gosh, for a long time. Yes. So tell me, did you always want to be an attorney? Was that what you wanted to do when you were growing up or did or what 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 made you choose this profession? My mom said uh, it, it would be. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, I went to Louisiana Tech and I had a psychology degree. And all a bachelor's in psychology just means you got to go to more school. Uh, So uh, at some point, I don't know, sophomore, junior year, I decided to take the LSAT. I did not do well the first time I took the LSAT. I was pretty depressed about it. But I decided to try again. And anyway, I got a pretty good score and went to Fayetteville. I did not know I wanted to do trial work until I got the job at, at, at Taylor's office. I thought I wanted to do criminal law, which I guess that is trial. But I didn't know I wanted to do a civil practice until my first job. Uh, I wanted to, uh, in law school, I wanted to go uh, go to the prosecutors and do a criminal defense practice, but that I pivoted off of that. It's kind of funny. I was living at home after law school, and I had an interview at Taylor's office. It was a little like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it, but my mom was like, well, hey, son, do you have any other job offers? And I was like, no. It's like, well, you're going to go to the interview. You're going to get out of my house. So she kicked me out uh, and, you know, like it all worked out. Like uh, my wife was already working at Taylor's office. She obviously wasn't my wife at the time, but um, it all, it all started in Arkadelphia. 
I love that story. I love that story. So we've got you in here today to talk to us about the process of how a trial attorney does get paid. Uh, so can you walk us through and tell you tell us how that is? Because the hope is a lot of new lawyers will get to listen to this and understand what they're getting into. And maybe you can help us with that process when we're talking to some other people too. For example, I think there's a misconception out there of how attorneys get paid in attorney's fees. So can you tell us how that, that the process of that? Sure, sure. So most people hire lawyers on an hourly basis. Um, it seems like uh, the law profession is hourly based. It's actually six minute increment based uh, a lot of times. Really? Uh, so yeah, point one, point two, point three, uh, all that adds up and you submit a bill and whoever hired you pays that bill. But thankfully, um, for people that have been harmed or their family members have been killed through no fault of their own, I mean, it's bad enough that they have to deal with this. They're either trying to recover, they're trying to grieve, they're trying to heal, and they shouldn't be in a position where they're even more out of pocket financially. So the system's been created where those folks that um, have been victims of negligence ha can hire folks on a contingency fee basis. And what that means is uh, for a certain percentage of a settlement or a jury verdict, uh, some sort of recovery, the lawyer can get paid off of that. And the practical effect of that is the, the client's not out on a monthly basis on the 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, uh, increments of getting a bill every month. I mean, they need to be focusing on getting better. And so, and so pay gets delayed where they can focus on getting better. And the lawyer can take on the risk that if it doesn't work out, the client's not owed anything. So that's the other nice thing about the contingency fee model is the lawyer takes on the risk of their time that if it's not successful, they eat it. They eat that time. The other practical thing is on a contingency fee model is the lawyer also fronts the costs. Uh, experts, uh, medical records, depositions, anything, any action in litigation has a cost to it. And so in a contingency fee model, the client doesn't have to like get that bill and pay it. The lawyer is still paying that too. And so if it's kind of the same as the attorney fees, if the case doesn't work out, the client doesn't get a bill at the end of the day for, for those costs either. The, that's just a business uh, expense for They're the lawyers. So, right. So you kind of have to eat. If you lose, you eat that cost. Right. And right. And so, again, from a practical or from a public policy standpoint, that these folks that get hurt, they're not asked to get into litigation. Say a fella has a divorce, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I probably shouldn't phrase it quite like this, but he more or less, he or she more or less accepts that there's some sort of, there's a reason that like I'm, I'm inviting myself to have, to hire a lawyer. Um, this will make sense here in a minute. Uh, so even uh, in the, the criminal justice system, like um, you, you hire a lawyer, the victims of uh, negligence and of uh, personal injury claims they're not, they didn't like say, Hey, you know what? I want to get hit by an 18 wheeler today. They get, they get thrusted into litigation. So it's not fair to them that they also have to be out of pocket uh, for being thrusted into litigation. Right. And so along those lines, I think something that's important to know is when I, if I come to you and I am injured, then we settle upon an agreement. If, if, if I win, then I'm, then I agree to pay you say, 
three percent, four percent, whatever, and, and and is it of, of whatever the recovery cost is? Is that a set? Is three percent set? Because I think the common misconception out there that we seem to hear is that oh, it's all about attorney's fees. It's all about attorney's fees, and that's simply not the case, is it? I mean, you agree with your client that is in pain, and y'all come to an agreement ahead of time. Right. Sure. So, before I can act as an advocate for my client, they have to hire me. And so part of that is signing a contract, a binding document uh, between my client and, and me, which we look at and we review together. And the common uh, fee structure is a one third um, of the recovery. Um, sometimes if it's a more complicated case, like uh, I do a lot of products liability work and that involves a product liability is where like a product didn't do what it was supposed to do. So naturally you got to hire uh, engineers or other types of experts. So there's more, the they're zealously defended. So there's more uh, risk and there's more cost. So that one may be uh, a higher fee percentage, like 40%, I've sometimes maybe even 45%. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the, this is a, a model where the lawyer takes on the risk on the front end that the client uh, understands and accepts and a lot of times appreciate because they're not out of pocket that time. One thing that is a misconception is, especially on the more complicated cases, is how long it takes. So if you, hi if you hired someone by the hour um, and you're looking at three, four, five years of litigation, that bill could really add up. I mean, we could look at our opponents uh, and see their bills and they can be very expensive. And, you know, regular, I, I certainly couldn't afford that uh, on my own. So that's the beauty of the contingency fee model. Okay, perfect. So um, if there is a new attorney out here listening that's just completed law school, what advice would you give them or, or what would you tell them to go into products liability work or PI work? Because um, I think that's a, a, another thing that some that are looking to go into this field are like, well, how will I make money? Like, so maybe a, words of advice on on someone that chooses this path. Sure. Well, it's certainly uh, I've and I believe this to my core civil uh, working for plaintiffs on the civil justice system, uh, being an advocate for for victims of harm is admirable. I mean, it's uh, I, I'm put on this earth to do this work and. Uh, there is a cost to it that uh, the first probably bit of advice I would give to someone just starting is we've talked, we touched on it before. Um, you're not going to get paid as, as soon as you get hired. So you'll need to have some sort of setup, either maybe doing some other work or having just some money in the bank uh, to, to kind of float you through because it can kind of ebb and flow as far as uh, cases do take a long time. Sometimes they don't, but most of the times they do take a long time. So my first bit of advice is be prepared for the lean times. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Cause I don't think that's something that, you know, people think about. It's like, Oh, when you first get out of school anyways, it's tough to find a job. But then if you choose to take this path, it's, it's a little bit different. You are going to have to know that it's up and down and, and you win some and you lose some. And if you lose, you're out that money. That's right. So, that thankfully there's there hasn't been too many losses uh so that's that's nice um but the rewarding thing of doing this is i still talk to some of my clients who i've represented years ago and we still stay in stay in touch and uh you really can uh, fundamentally change someone like 
the the bad events already changed them, but there can actually be some sort of silver silver lining or some good that can come out of it. So can you tell us about a case that, that stuck with you through all these years? Is there one? I mean, I know there's, as you say, there's several, but is there one that really sticks out in your mind and you go, gosh, you know, this was a tough road to get here, but absolutely this was worth all of it. I have to be careful uh, on certain aspects of it because they're, uh, <laughs> that I've got to respect my client's confidentiality. Uh, yeah. But uh, yes, I mean, I, I can think of, uh, of a man who I represented that got extremely severely harmed when a, a product failed and he lost his leg and had a traumatic brain injury. And uh, that case took seven years. Uh, the, the, the fun thing uh, that I, I think back on and Justin Zachary can attest to this if he, if he listens to this is that he and I went to Akron to look at some documents. So we went to the original Firestone plant from back in the forties. So I was literally looking at paperwork from World War II, like wow. literally, uh, look, like I know now why it's called onion paper. Okay. It's like, it, they really did have three, uh, three pieces of paper. And one of them was a little different, like carbon copy actually meant something when, as I was going through these documents and, um, yeah. And I still think of, uh, think of, uh, my client and, uh, I think, Certainly, he. I would. I wished he never had to go through this experience, uh, as far as what had his injuries. But I think, um, you know, we made the best of a bad situation for him. Excellent. Well, thank you. I mean, I know, like I said, I know there's lots of stories out there, and and we've we've interviewed several other of our members who have kind of given us a, a story that stuck with them. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. So you recently opened your own firm. Uh, about 18 months ago. 18 yeah. Months ago. yeah. So can you kind of take us through that process, how it's been? Because again, we're hoping that this will be you know, helpful for someone that's just out of law school. You know, we've been working with law students this year and really sure. to get them involved back with ATLA and the PI uh, element of, of being an attorney. So go ahead and tell us how <laughs> that's been and maybe give us some, you know, fun little anecdotes they could take with them or, or, you know, any type of advice that that would be helpful. Well, I don't know. You might want to check in in about five years to see if this <laughs> advice is worth anything, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, I've been practicing law for over a decade and, um, I decided to open up my own firm, uh, in the, in the heart of a pandemic because why not? Uh, and, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, it's been one thing about at this stage of my career, I felt like I had the legal side down, you know, I mean, I'm, there's always room for improvement. Uh, I'm certainly not the trial lawyer that I want to be, but at least the, the fundamentals after a decade plus were there. So I only say this, I bring this up because one thing about owning a business is you wear many hats and one hat is, you know, doing the work, doing, you're working in the business. Um, it, but a lot of times you got to spend a lot of time working on the business, uh, not just doing the, the technic technical technician work, but there's the entrepreneur side and then there's even a managing side. So and there's a marketing side, you're going to do yeah. all of that. Yeah. There are many, many hats. Absolutely. And, um, that, the, that has been, uh, uh the, the, the fun part, but very challenging part of there's not too many uh, CLEs on, on that, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I'm still honing the trial skills because it, you're only as good as your product and the product is the, the, the trial work. And so I'm 
still working on that. But the time is taken away from from that to, you know, write checks. I handwrite checks. Why I handwrite checks, I don't know. But that's what I've <laughs> what I've done. I don't know that there's something tangible about writing a check that that I've it means a little bit right. more. Yeah. Um, so. But, you know, it's a little time consuming, so that may not be the best use of my time, but there's uh, intrinsic value and seeing and like going to the bank is really fun. Uh, but anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, so you mentioned you opened it up in the pandemic. So we have certainly been living in a, a new world here for the past two years on the pandemic. Kind of touch on what it's been like to be a practicing attorney in the times of this pandemic, because we know courts were shut down. I mean, the world stopped there for about a year and a half and it's slowly picking up. So kind of touch on that because it is truly history making. We all, I feel like uh, there's, you know, it's the pandemic has mostly been bad, but there has been some good that has come out of it. Um, that remote work, um, I'm, everyone is a lot more comfortable uh, with remote work. Now, the negative to that is you're, you're never off. Uh, like, but it, the the i the ideas of um like we can only work in one place i mean that's that that's slowly dissipating and i bring that up to say that um i can co-counsel with someone or i can contract hire someone that it, they don't have to be in little rock right so that, you're able to work with people out of state out of out of the city yeah. de definitely and sometimes that's that that has worked out like a um talked to someone about uh, having a virtual assistant last week and we're, I'm still going through that interview process and you know the costs aren't that bad um, for that and what's nice is you can kind of piecemeal you can kind of I maybe I need this person for a project and then when the project's over I can move on and so that kind of helps with the cash flow um, aspect of not committing uh, uh, everything on a monthly basis I guess is what I'm trying to say you can kind of build it out on a project basis. Absolutely. So we've all seen the funny cat video of the attorney who had the filter on with the judge reminding him he's not really a cat. <laughs> I thought he was. I was so confused. Um, Have you had any funny stories? Because that's the thing, like you say, I mean, with technology, there's good and there's bad. And you can, you can, dep you can do depots by Zoom now and some of that. So you know, I do have a, I, 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 I do have a funny story, but it's kind of sad at the same time. So um, I was in a hearing representing uh, a, a young person uh, in, a, in a situation uh, involving DHS. And um, it was a stressful situation for this young lady. And she decided during the middle of the hearing that she just needed a cigarette. And uh, so she lights up a cigarette and starts smoking. And needless to say, judge, uh, you know, got on her butt about it. Like, cause like, just cause you're on the computer doesn't mean we're not in court. Not, yeah. we, we are in court right now. Put your cigarette out. And <laughs> I thought I was going to get in trouble cause it was my client. So, and the downside was I wasn't beside her. So I couldn't like, okay, yeah, I couldn't knock the cigarette out of her hand. I'm, you know, three hours away from her, but uh, you know, so uh, the facade of uh, trial was kind of taken away in that particular case. But the fact is we were still able to pursue justice, uh, even though we were all confound to our homes or our offices. And so for that aspect, that's great. But that was a stressful moment for, for my client. I'm glad you felt um, 
comfortable enough though in this situation <laughs> i guess or uh, yeah yeah or, yeah or <laughs> so anxious that she just needed a cigarette so yeah. you know i don't know but yeah. uh that's funny so you're also very involved with aa day the american association yes, for the justice american association for justice yes will you touch on that a little bit and kind of let some people know the resources that are out there and why you're involved and what it means to you and how it's helped you so AAJ is um, ATLA it, uh, for the national, uh, for the states. I kind of uh, akin it to it's uh, ATLA is uh, state legislation or is dealing with the state legislators or the governor. AAJ is dealing with Congress and the president. So it's um, it's a national presence. It actually used to be called ATLA, the American Trial Lawyer Association. No, the Association of Trial Lawyers in America. Honestly, I don't remember. But it, 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 we used to, uh, this was before my time. So, but uh, it used to be called Big Atla, and then Atla was Little Atla. But it is the American Association for Justice, and it's uh, incredible resources. I mean, it's um, a lot of talented people or spend a lot of time. Uh, the education component's fantastic. Um, a lot of AA people that speak for AAJ also come to ATLA, and that's how a lot of us get to know these folks is seeing them at AAJ, and then we're like, oh, that person did great. Y'all need, need to come to Arkansas. I've had many friends come to Arkansas, and they always have a good time. Um, so um, the resources are great. I will plug something very tangible that we can actually look at to why it's important to join AAJ. Uh, just like today or yesterday, President Biden signed the uh, Forced Arbitration Act. And so essentially in sexual assault cases uh, in the workplace, you cannot be forced to go to arbitration. The reason why that's important is, um, you know, evil doesn't live in the dark. I mean, when there's sunshine on bad practices and when I equate sunshine, I mean public litigation you know, we can see real fundamental change to make things better. And so in the workplace context, um, there was a great movie. I think it was called Bombshell. I don't know if you saw it, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, the what, what's her name in Fox News? Gretchen, it was Gretchen yes. Yes. Yeah. So that movie was about her, her story with Fox News and kind of being harassed by some of the powers that be there. Well, she not only made a movie or a movie was made about her, she did something tangible and actually worked with AAJ and others uh, to create legislation that said that that practice of going to arbitration to, to deal with sexual harassment uh, disputes in the workplace, like, no, you can't force me to go somewhere in a back room to uh, deal with whatever you decide I need to right. deal with. Like, I have a remedy in the law. And I think that's fantastic. Uh, we believe in the civil justice system. We believe in the trial by jury. And this law, which AAJ was fundamental and instrumental in passing, is bring, we now have more uh, avenues for uh, a trial by jury. Yes, that is exciting. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, as we're wrapping down here, is there any type of advice you want to leave with anybody or any, any big parting words? <laughs> I, I don't know about big parting words, but um, I will say, you know, the one of the best things about for my career, take it or leave it, however, you, whatever you think of my career. But I got involved very early in ATLA and ATLA opened my doors to AAJ and I'm still probably too involved in ATLA, but that's OK. Yeah, <laughs> but um, 
the camaraderie, the the friendships, the knowledge, uh, the resources that you know among our brothers and sisters, especially in Atla, is invaluable. Like uh, when I think about my dues that I've paid towards Atla, I, I've been given a hundredfold back. Uh, from my brothers and sisters here in the organization. It's something I'm truly proud of, of being a small part in. Uh, I love uh, all things ATLA. So I would just, the biggest thing I could uh, take away is get get plugged in, get involved. Um, it's not, it, it's been the best thing for my career. And we do appreciate you being so involved. And I think uh, just very quickly what you touched on there, that the camaraderie and some of the cases that y'all deal with can be very hard and emotionally hard, mentally hard, you know, and I do think it's nice to know that there is a group of people out there that you can turn to. And I've, in my short time here, I've seen uh, the fellowship, the camaraderie, how people lift each other up and they're helpful with one another. And, and that's really good to see. I, I think that that's, again, like you say, one of the biggest things is the asset of being involved and, and having people here to share stories with and help you and help you when you fall and pick you back up and say, it's okay. Right. Trials uh, breed endurance. And we've all been through trials. Uh, we're all uniquely situated by going through different types of uh, trials, not just literal jury trials, but just the trials of practicing law, representing, um, you know, the poor and the impoverished and um, and the, the needy. And yeah, I mean, there's just something about, you know, when you you're involved in an organization like this and, you know, others have been through similar pains, if you will. It's not pain because it's so rewarding, but uh, just the, the camaraderies, it's deeper than any other, um, I would say any other trade association. I would agree with that. Absolutely. We thank you so much for stopping by. I'm going to put your contact information in our notes so people know how to get in touch with you and you're on our website. And we truly appreciate you taking time to come by and also your involvement here with Atla. You have been great since I've been here and been super helpful to me. So I personally appreciate it. And, I, and I've seen how you interact with others and you're able to bring great speakers in for us and, and everything. So we truly, truly appreciate you. Yeah, this was fun. Yes, thank you. All right. it's always good to talk to Joseph. Um, he gave us a lot of good insight there for anyone who is looking to enter this profession. I think so too. And, you know, he answers a lot of things that are common questions about the profession. So I really appreciate him doing that for us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to Our Law, Our Take. We hope you had a great time. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you'll be the first to hear all of our new episodes. We'll see you soon. Bye.